0: Hi, this is Patty, and thank you for listening to this previously recorded episode of GalaxyCon Live. We'd also like to invite you to check out our other shows, Rock Around the Ring, featuring music and wrestling guests, and GalaxyCon Talks Comics, all of which are available now on Facebook, YouTube, and anywhere else fine podcasts are available. Welcome, friends and fans, to another edition of GalaxyCon Live, where we are bringing convention-style entertainment directly to you. And today, we are going back to the final frontier with three amazingly talented guests from Star Trek The Next Generation. So without further ado, let's bring them out. First, he is an actor and accomplished director whose credits include Gargoyles, The Orville, and Thunderbirds. Today, he joins us to talk about his contributions to Star Trek as a director of numerous episodes and films, including Discovery and Picard, as well as the characters of William and sometimes Thomas Riker. Please welcome our friend Jonathan Frakes.
1: Hello, Patty. Hey.
0: Hello, everybody uh good to see you again sir we had you here a few weeks ago uh we ended up doing a, a one between you myself and uh and mike broder and we had a great conversation about your time as captain america so how have you been since then
1: never better good to see you again
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Next, she is a prolific actress whose credits include Suits, Miracle Mile, Ray Donovan, and the 80s classic Eliminators. Today, she joins us to talk about her roles as Tasha Yar of Starfleet and Commander Solar of the Runland Star Empire. Please welcome Denise Crosby.
2: Hi, Patty. Hello. Hi,
0: John. Hi, everyone. Oh, we're so glad to have you here. Is everything well on your part of the world? Yes, thankfully. Yes, absolutely. All good. Very good. So glad to see see you again. And finally, he is an actor, director, and producer whose credits include Breaking Bad, Torchwood, and the voice of Discord and My Little Pony. Today, he joins us to talk about his role as a mischievous cosmic entity known as Q. Please welcome Mr. John DeLancey.
3: Hi, everyone. Nice to be here.
0: (laughs) Good to see you. How how fitting you have a a gargantuan map uh, behind you.
3: I know it's a uh, it's a map of Washington D.C. where that's where I am right now.
0: <clears throat> outstanding, outstanding! So glad to have you here, sir. While our our producers are pulling questions out from the audience, I would like to ask each of you. Uh, since you're all there at the beginning, and some of you came back to the very very end, I'd like to hear first about how did each of you come to your roles for Encounter at Farpoint, the very first uh, next gen episode. I'll go first. So <laughs> okay, I'm you sure. go first. <laughs>
1: I auditioned seven times over six weeks and wore the same shirt to each audition, thinking that it was my lucky uh, science fiction shirt. <laughs> By the seventh episode, it put itself on. It was it was stiff and uh, it had too much actor in it. Mm. <laughs> the uh, fifth, sixth, seventh auditions, I was invited to Gene Roddenberry's office before we went on to uh, try to impress whatever... Uh, whatever person at Paramount needed to approve the casting of Star Trek The Next Generation. Because it was a show that wasn't on a network, there were a lot of bosses. And Roddenberry and the late, great Corey Allen, who was our director on the pilot, would coach me, which of course made me even more nervous.
2: <laughs>
1: and 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 remind me that uh, I wasn't really a lot of their first choices. Billy Campbell, a wonderful actor, was the uh, I think the front runner for Riker for for a long time, but Gene Roddenberry told me something in one of those auditions that I've kept in my mind, and it seems to have surfaced a lot during these painful times we're going through with the Black Lives Matter. Roddenberry said in the in the future there will be no racism, and he said there'll be no sexism, and there'll be no hunger, and there'll be no greed, and that all of the children. Will know how to read, and as poetic as it sounds, it was prophetic as well. Then I got the job, and everything changed, and I'm
0: very grateful. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, Denise. Uh, how did Tasha Yar begin for you?
2: So originally, I was auditioning for the first couple of times as Deanna Troy, mm. and the the concept for for her was physically much more, you know, just my description. And even though who the hell knew what a beta zoid was or, and, and, you know, there was no script. We weren't given any, any script. It was very secretive and I was given only sides, um, you know, to audition with a a, a scene or two. And I went a number of times, uh, Junie Lowry, was our casting director and somewhere at about audition number three in my multiple times going in, they, Gene Roddenberry had this idea to, to flip Marina and I, mm-hmm. and he said, would you be willing to now read Tasha Yar? So it was like, well, yeah, sure. I mean, you know, it was, it, it, it was all, no, nobody knew what this was at this point. So um, I went and, worked on Tasha now for a little bit and came back. And and that's how it it sort of lined up. Excellent. Mm-hmm.
3: And you, sir? Well, I was fortunate. I was not being scrutinized like these two for a, a regular role. So I kind of got in under the wire. Uh, I auditioned once. I was asked to uh, to audition. And I said to my agent, I'm in the middle of a play. I just can't leave and go audition. And a week late, and I didn't go to that audition. And a week later, my agent called and she said, there's a producer that keeps on calling for you. And you didn't go to that audition. If we work it out so that you could go there during your lunch hour, would you go? I said, of course. So I went there during my lunch hour and I was already playing a role, which was not unlike Q. I was playing Raoul Amundsen, who was pretty full of himself <laughs> and I went in I auditioned and a, a big guy came out right after me and he put his hand on my shoulder and he said you make my words sound better than they are and I said well you must be the writer and he said, I'm Gene Roddenberry and I had absolutely no idea who that was Wow! Uh, and then but now I had to get back to my rehearsal I had an hour <laughs> To get back from Paramount back down to the taper. And I'm heading for the, uh, for the door. And there was a little guy there who said, I'm the producer who keeps on calling for you. And this is a payback. First of all, they're going to hire you. Mm-hmm. I went, oh, okay. <laughs> and this is a payback. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, about four years ago, I was flat on my back in the hospital with a quadruple bypass operation. And every day... And the minute he said day, I knew where he was going. Every day you came on a show at one o'clock in the afternoon and you made me laugh when I thought I was going to die. And so this is my payback to you. And that's how I got to be cute.
1: <laughs> and who, was, who was that? Was that Bob Chessman? No, it was.
3: It was not a producer. It was Gene's lawyer, um, Leonard, oh, right. Leonard, Leonard. Leonard Leonard Mayslich. That's a great story. I've never heard that story yeah. before.
0: Yeah. That is outstanding. It's outstanding. So obviously we've heard the legends That's there were so many, again, changes. You know, they brought in Michael at the last minute. Hey, let's have a Klingon Marine. Uh, are there any particular memories, particularly from a counter at Farpoint during that tumultuous period that stand out?
2: Well, I I got to have hot wax sprayed all over me, and that was, you know –
0: that was my uh, first
2: day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was, I thought, what in the hell have I signed up for, you know? Although it, it didn't. Yeah, that was
3: really yeah. interesting to watch. I yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. That. I yeah. mean, we did stuff I, I, I yeah. think would be completely illegal right now, you know, the stuff that, that these effects and, you know, spraying us with pot wax and, you know, it was just surreal. But, but Corey and, Oh, my God, Corey directing the the pilot, you know, we he 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 talk about looking at alien creatures and 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 he do the body movements of the alien creatures behind the camera. And now you're watching Mm. the alien get bigger and bigger and he'd be wiggling and flowing. I mean, it was it was it we we were laughing so hard and it was just divine. It was so much fun.
1: He was a he was a method director.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, he had been an actor.
1: Yeah.
3: He had been an actor, so he was sort of on the actor's side.
0: That always helps, especially dealing with the uh, those early effects and and all that, and and those costumes, which oh. John John, you got the best deal out of that in those judges robes, I think.
3: The judge's robe was a good costume. The that was a great 100... costume.
0: Were you
1: also on a on a uh, Were you on uh, a grain? Yeah. Yes, that came it's in like you. that was fantastic.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it was, yeah, yeah. Right. It was
2: great. It was my favorite part, <laughs> yeah. actually. You wouldn't be allowed
1: on that these days. That would have been illegal well. too. That would have been illegal to bring you in on, unless you were strapped in or wired to the ceilings. I mean, that was. Oh nothing. really? Yeah. <laughs> well, it was. It
3: was pretty uh, rocky coming in. Oh, yeah. I remember when I first saw the pilot. I went, yeah guys. You know, the all-powerful with kind of a rocky sort of entrance.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, it got better. I mean, you did show up dressed as Christopher Columbus uh, the minute we saw you, so <laughs> it, it switched around from that. So you came back in other roles. Uh, Denise, you took off. You came back as Solar. Jonathan. Sila. Sila, I'm you, sorry.
1: We're just, just going to uh, wipe right through Code of Honor. Is that what you're planning on doing here?
0: Well, uh, if you want, if you, uh, you, we'll talk about anything you want to talk about. The embarrassment heaped upon us
1: in season one. More for on Denise.
2: Can you imagine playing that right now in this climb? That's,
1: that's what I'm. I'm trying to lead the witness to.
0: <laughs> wow. wow. Yeah, yeah. That you, you have, you have all, you have all said that, and I think we are all in agreement that. Um, Maybe there, maybe there was some good intentions in there somewhere, but it got get, got buried along nah. the way. Nah, no, okay, <laughs> yeah, you were you were there. You were that. Hey, that Not was mean. like I said. That was it was pre, it was pre Riker beard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, did. So, don't bring oh. me into this shit. I to <laughs> do with <her at. laughs> Okay, fair enough, fair enough, sir. So seven seasons. And they decide they're gonna gonna wrap it up, and with all good things, and you are all invited back, uh, in your original roles and uh, in some cases original costumes. What was that like? Emotional.
2: Took me by surprise, really. I I assumed, oh, I know I know how to I know how this role is. I know who this character is, and I suddenly got in the suit. First of all, I was glad I could get into the suit, and <laughs> and then I went, oh man i I have no idea what I'm doing here, and I'm. I'm with Patrick, you know, in this little shuttle, and I. It took me by surprise that you know I had kind of assumed I could just jump right back in, and I had to kind of find Tasha Yar again. It's really interesting.
0: It was a. It was. It was. It was a great callback uh, yeah, to see you. And did I? Did I hear this correctly at the time that I think that scene was originally meant to be in Farpoint? The scene with uh, you and Patrick. Did you yeah. ever hear about that? No. I okay. I don't know. Yeah, I, that 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 had been a, a, a buzz going around at the time. I've, I've never been able to confirm it, deny it. So well, something which yeah. something which I think
3: some people know, but maybe others don't, is that Farpoint was never intended to be a two-hour. Gene was was enticed ultimately to make it a 2 hour but he he wanted this to just go right to series. Yeah. So the part that includes Q you can see a very obvious scene in that in those two stories where they were smashed together there. There might have been other things in Far Point but I I don't know about Denise's scene there but yeah. uh, when you bring up Far Point I'm just throwing that out.
0: No, absolutely absolutely. Q certainly had a very interesting arc throughout the series one time of it and played that pivotal role in all good things. And I will just always love the shot of you just throwing off the gloves and just having that scene with Patrick. It was like, your character was like, this has been fun, but we're done here. But it's, but also saying goodbye in a nice way. What was that, what was that like during that scene? They're like, okay, I get to close the book on The Next Generation as a TV series. Well,
3: I mean, you know, you can't really act that, so you're not really thinking about that part of it. I mean, you you know it when you're reading it, but you're not doing it while you're acting it. Yeah. But that, I, I think, you're talking about that last scene where yeah. uh, "see you out there" or something like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: It, the character always worked best when it was at a big philosophical level, a big, big areas so that the audience could kind of fill in the gaps themselves and so that was that was I was really happy that they ended it that way because it kept it in that kind of a amorphous but really cosmic kind of big questioning area so that that was great.
0: Absolutely so you Jonathan uh, we got to see a possible future version of, of Riker, you know, Admiral in command of the enterprise with a cloak and going at warp 13. Yeah, we...
1: weird. I do remember that.
0: <laughs> Fair about you. So did, uh, did you get any advance notice uh, or the, the regular cast members about what the final episode was going to entail? Or was it just, okay, here's the script.
1: No, I don't think there was uh, any, I, it was, it wasn't treated any differently because it was clear to us all that, we were blessed with, with going on to make the, sure. the movie with the original cast. So yeah. it was not the kind of sad ending that other television series that we go through, like when you end a play, when a play closes, that family, you know, <clears throat> it'll never really be like that again. Yeah. But our family is still together, as you can see right in front of you. I mean, we've carried on for 35 years
0: There's
2: something
3: that I did six episodes of um, Next Generation, and there's something that uh, Jonathan used to do sometime during my shooting. He He would say, oh, come sit down. So you're the litmus paper. What do you see this year? Yeah. Because I would just, you know, I'd do a show and then be off.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: And then come back. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Was the litmus test accurate? <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. All right, our producers, let me know we got some questions from our audience, so let's go ahead and roll our first one. And it comes from Morgan. If you had a holodeck in your home, where would you want to go right now?
2: Well, probably a new United States with different leadership and uh, a, a a peaceful, verdant hopeful United States. We'll take it.
1: Well put Denise.
2: Yeah.
3: I ended up getting in the, uh, on a, where I would want to go literally in a literal sort of way. I, I hadn't seen um, my grandson for, well, I don't know, six or eight months. So we talked about whether we were going to drive, take an RV, Just drive a car, but then where would we stop and how would we do that? From Los Angeles to D.C., take an RV and ultimately or or take a plane. But ultimately what we ended up deciding is that we took a train and we felt that we could control that pretty well. And we did. And so we took a train across country and, uh, you know, with masks and spray bottles and all that type of stuff uh, left on. uh, I don't know what day it was. uh, left on Sunday and arrived in D.C. on uh, on Wednesday and uh, are going to spend uh, two weeks here and then go back home. So that was a that's 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 our
1: holodeck.
0: How about you, Jonathan?
1: I'm fine where I am.
0: <laughs> <laughs> As a Morgan, thank you. Great question. Let's see, Jude, what do you have next? From Carrie? if you all had the power of Q for a day, what would you do?
1: I'm going to take Denise's answer.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's hard not to, um, yeah. to feel that the political landscape needs to be changed really dramatically on so many different fronts. So not only does one snap do it, but it would have to be a bunch of snaps that would, yeah. would change it. Uh, I just ended up uh, delivering a, um, a speech for graduates, uh, graduating high school and, uh, and seniors this is for millennials this is a this is there's nothing in our history that has been the same for them people up until the age of 35 years old they've been hit with two enormous economic downturns that will reverberate through their entire lives there is the the obvious social issues that we're we're going through right now which have simply been pushed off Year after decade, century after century, and um, and hopefully they will take they will be addressed. Uh, I mean, so there's so much, there's so many things to be fixed right now, and uh, and the first one is is how things are fixed in on in November. So uh, that's the first obvious easy step that everybody has to do. On uh, I think it's November third. Everybody has to do
0: that. So, Carrie, thank you for that. Uh, Jude, we have another one from Kevin. Ah, did any of you keep anything from the show?
1: Maybe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I got a phaser
1: and I got a space suit that doesn't fit anymore.
2: <laughs> I kept my sanity somewhat. No, I don't have. I don't have a single. Uh, Prop. I uh, I had my communicator ripped off my uniform when uh, my last day of shooting.
1: I did too. They were scared we were going to take them.
2: I I mean, it's really? like yeah, <laughs> you won't be needing that anymore. I don't uh, know. I guess they were a hot item. Not that you could distinguish mine from any anyone else's. It didn't have you know, wasn't gold plated or anything. But yeah, I don't have anything.
1: Do you remember when the uh, the semi truck full of Star Trek costumes? was stolen from the Paramount lot.
2: Was this when everything was going to auction?
1: No, this was this oh. was a... Uh, someone had snuck on the lot during the night and literally stolen wow. a 20-footer full of Star Trek costumes. And the, and the FBI got involved in trying to track down the thief. And the thief wisely went online to trade the semi-truck filled with Star Trek costumes for the car, the kit car from... Um, the night rider from night rider and they made arrangements to meet in the desert in Arizona and swap <laughs> the night rider car for the uh, semi full of star trek costumes and uh, mary howard and the fbi and someone else followed the, these two sources together tracked them to the desert and watched through binoculars as the exchange was taking place and then they swooped in and busted them both and got the costumes back.
2: That's insane.
1: I had no idea. Unbelievable. my uh, favorite Star Trek stories. That's,
2: that's <laughs> like a movie or something. You know? I, I, I. That's a cool like movie.
1: Yeah. Were you guys
3: in New York when they were shooting The Wiz and uh, the costume truck? got uh, raided, and uh, the next day, they're seeing people walking down the street in all the the costumes.
2: He's on down. He's on down the road. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I can just see it. Oh, my God. Uh,
3: It's really hard to say, I don't know where I got this. (laughs)
2: Great. Me? Oh, God. Man.
0: Wow. Oh, my goodness. All right. right. Yeah, somebody needs to make a movie on that. Kickstart it. Kevin, thank you for that one. That was great. We have next from Gabe. I see lots of books behind Jonathan and Denise. Uh, What books have you read recently, and what are some of your favorites? These are just. Oh,
2: nice.
1: And here's a book that I've been told to read that I'm in. the Mm.
2: The Splendid and the Vile.
1: My shrink recommended that book. I was, I was reading the uh, Maria Semple book. What's up, Bernadette? That's in the other room. Mm. What are you reading, John?
3: I'm reading uh, about the history of the migration through Polynesia.
1: You like your you like your nonfiction.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah I'm not a much wow. of a
1: fiction fan. Yeah. Mm.
2: I'm reading, let's see, uh, Patricia... The Men in Her Life. It's a memoir. She's known, let's see, she's she's really known for her biographies, her famous biography on Monty Cliff and Brando. She mm. knew them both at the Actors Studio. Then I I, I was reading um, Trust Exercise by uh, mm. Susan Choi, which won the, the book award, the National Book Award uh, last year, which was really good.
1: Do you find that you're, um, as much time as we now have to read that you're not reading as much as you wish you did,
2: right? And and yeah, my piano plan—I in tink- tinkering, all these ideas I had, you know, that I'm gonna, I'm going to uh, get back into my piano, and you know, learn how to play the conga drum that's sitting in my, I, you know, I end up petting my dog a lot, you know, and I had
1: the same intentions. I intentioned to get, to get my embouchure back. I had my trombone out, and I. I, I just, how about you, John? I'm having trouble with the uh, creative part of my brain staying gassed up.
3: I have a couple of actor friends who said they are relieved by the pandemic <laughs> because because there is no work. They don't feel that anxiety of needing to get work. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's uh, I, I'm not as focused as I would like
1: to be. Yeah, I I, I find oh, it, fair. I'm in the same boat.
2: Yeah, I like I I take a lot of walks.
1: Yes, so do we. <laughs>
2: a <lot of> walks.
0: <laughs> cool. yeah. uh, thank you for those literary introductions. Those are good, Gabe. Thank you for that great question. What do we have next from Toby? Did you ever or frequently come up with your own story ideas that you pitched to the writers, and did any of those make it into an episode? I was
1: taken to lunch by Morris Hurley, who was a producer on our show in the beginning, or around the first season. And he uh, asked me things about myself, including uh, what kind of music I like to listen to, what my hobbies were. And then about two or three weeks later, there was an episode where Riker went to the holodeck and listened to some jazz and fell in love with Minuet. And then uh, it turned out that Riker knew how to play the trombone. So that's about as close as... um, getting into the, getting my ideas into the story were, was, could be. I did try to adjust what continued to show up as a character flaw. I thought Riker had repeatedly said, I want to captain my own ship. I want to be a captain. I'm desperate to move on. I've learned so much from being on the Enterprise and then offered more than once on the story, if I'm not mistaken, the job of becoming a captain he decided maybe I'll just turn that down and stay where I am because uh, first of all, I don't want to leave the show. Secondly, (laughs) I'm not ready. So there was a a real disconnect between what they had set up that the character wanted as a, as a uh, super objective and what they, when they offered it to him, they, they changed it. it felt like it was two different people. And that, that was a kind of a mess for me, but minor.
0: I interpreted it as, Well, it is the flagship of the Federation, so there might have been something to be said about being the first officer on that. So that could have been a take. But point taken, though, that, yeah, early on, it was like, this character's going to be here for a while and move on, so absolutely. So, uh, Denise, did you ever... uh...
2: Well, what would become the character of Sila was sort of based on an idea I had. I went to lunch sometime after... I had come back to do yesterday's enterprise and I sort of, had this concept that Tasha was pregnant with Lieutenant Castillo's child when the enterprise C was captured by the Romulans and the Romulans kept her as a prisoner so that they could raise the child as a Romulan. And, use it as a negotiating chip, so to speak, with the yeah. Federation. So this is a this is an idea that I I I pitched over lunch to Rick Berman, our producer. And he sort of looked at me and, and thought, it's an interesting, let me let me give it some let me give it some thought. And I thought, okay, that's you know, that's a polite way of saying thank you, but please don't come back. A few months went by and um Rick called me at home and said, you know, that idea, we're going to we're going to we're going to create a story around it, except Tasha is going to be captured by the Romulan general and have a half Romulan child and you will play this character. And I thought that was just a fabulous idea, you know, and I really, you know, I really was hoping that Sila was going to be, you know, featured um, in more Stories actually, yeah. a, a much more flushed out character because I think it was, it was just you know, such a, a dynamic thing to play. And not only my own character's daughter, but you know, having this half Romulan, half human with, with you know, the, the at odds with, with with the
0: crew. Absolutely, definitely pay off. John, did you ever, uh, ever explore anything with it? You, you did, you did co author the book of Peter David, uh, IQ.
3: Yes, I was asked to do that, and I was um, frank about it. Uh, I just said, listen, I, I cannot write a book about Star Trek. I, I just don't know enough about it. And um, and I, I said, you know, I, I'd be happy to to write the stuff that has to do with Q because it's sort of like a long-running inner monologue. Mm-hmm. And uh, Peter said, well, I'll write all the other parts. And I said, that sounds good to me. <laughs> so that's how it was. we hammered out a uh, a story, which I no longer remember what it was, and and he did his part and I did my part. So it was an actual collaboration.
0: That's yes, and very, very well received. That and uh, his own novel, which pitted your character against Major Barrett's character, and that's that was that was a, a fun story behind that as well. Right. That was a great question, Toby. Uh, let's. What's next? From Fleur. Question for everyone. Were your character make another appearance in Picard or Strange New Worlds, what would you like them to do? And where would you like them to be in their lives? Interesting.
1: Well, so based- a, I was lucky enough to be asked to be on Picard. Yes. And I was grateful to find out that I didn't have to appear in my spacesuit. That I was, in fact, living on a planet where I made pizza for my family. That seemed like a, a comfortable place for uh, yeah. Riker Ry- to be. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm happy to continue to make pizza on Nepenthe.
2: Isn't that up in Big Sur?
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you, I, you landed in uh, Big Sur. Cool. We
1: shot it in that house uh, that, uh, that they did, that ridiculous camp movie. With uh, candy, what was that? We shot it on Universal. On, the, on it was part of the Universal tour.
0: <laughs> well, tour. I'm a blank. I'm de- a Look behind the <laughs> scenes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so like that. So, uh, Denise, uh, how would, if you could return in any of your characters, uh, uh, which one would it be, and and how would you think that would go?
2: Wow, we find out that Tasha was never dead hiding out on some in some cave somewhere. That would be kind of cool.
1: And, like data so, never died.
2: Yeah, right. It was all uh it was all a dream. I think was, if
0: Strange New Worlds goes forward, it'd be fun to see your character pop up in there since and so much time travel and shenanigans is involved. I think that might be an interesting fit. You
2: know, only in Star Trek can <laughs> you all this stuff off, you know I'm I'm happy I I hope, I hope I'm invited back. It would be, you know, a
0: delight, really. Absolutely, absolutely. John, if you could pop back in again, uh, how would you I, think?
3: I don't know. I don't hold my breath, so I never think about these things.
0: Not a problem, not a problem. Thank you for that. Great question. Let's, what we have next from Kevin, was it difficult to prepare and remain in character, plus perform with all the different directors every episode in each season?
2: That's what we do, you know?
1: Yeah, that, that's the job description. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs>
2: that's, if you can't handle that, you know, you might want to think about another career.
1: <laughs> yeah, both both those, uh, that's that pretty much describes the job. Absolutely. Yeah, and also when you consider,
3: I don't know what the exact number is, but let's say it's, you know, Jonathan would know better, but let's say you get what? five minutes, seven minutes of actual usable material per day, maybe a little bit more, 10 minutes? Maybe 10, yeah. Maybe 10 minutes. So 10 minutes out of a 12-hour day. Your job, while it's about being on during that short period of time, the rest of it is just kind of being ready to be on and preparing and and keeping yourself buoyant enough so that you can do your job. So uh, it, it's um, that's really what they, as they're saying, that's part of the job is to is to keep available
1: for long over long stretches of time.
0: Hurry up and wait.
1: On our show, the directors suffered because of our behavior. <laughs> it was not a show for the faint of heart. There was a camaraderie, as I'm sure you've heard on our set, that was created, I think, I've always, I've been asked about it a lot, and I think one of the reasons that our show was uh, so flamboyant and ridiculous and there were no holds barred was because Patrick from day one had set a level of professionalism that we all kind of enjoyed, aspired to, and therefore Prepared for work in a way that was not true on a lot of television shows. Mm-hmm. Actors come to sets without knowing their lines on some shows. That didn't happen on our show. You had to show up, you know, really fully loaded to go to work. And because yeah. of that, between takes, people weren't frantically trying to learn their lines. They knew their lines and they knew their intentions. So it gave us time to dance and to wrestle. <laughs>
2: Did you catch Patrick on the CBS Sunday morning show? Yeah. Day?
1: He told a story about it. He, he, singled had, me out. he quoted you.
2: He, he singled me out. Well, you were, that was
1: great. I thought he was wonderfully, uh, I thought it was a humbling moment for him.
2: Absolutely. And yeah. it was a great shout out for me, um, you know, and, and Sonny sitting next to him, rolling her eyes like, you, Buffoon, you know, yeah. calling them out. He he was he he loosened up as as time went on.
1: Yeah, he's he's better now than he's ever been. He's he's so great in Picard. I don't know if you've seen any of, of what he's doing in that show, but he's his work. He's more vulnerable than he's ever been.
2: Yeah, yeah. And he's, he's
1: completely he's comfortable. To do
2: that him. now, you know. It's like he feels he can, you know, he can be that way, you know. Yeah,
1: it's 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 great to watch that. He's he's completely present and doesn't feel the need to, first of all, he's not Captain Picard anymore, right? which is kind of cool. It's uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting to watch.
0: Absolutely. And I'll ask you to lay another one on us. This is from Bill. On average, how many days and hours did it take to shoot a weekly episode of Next Gen?
1: Next Gen took seven shooting days. They were generally 13 hour days.
2: Yeah, we usually sure, by sure Friday, sure, by the end of the week, you know, it would we we'd be way into the night, uh, yeah, you know, and we we'd go until like eleven, twelve at night. Uh, usually, they you know get us out of there before midnight because they'd have to pay us extra <laughs> past midnight. So we and we'd be back first thing, five o'clock in the morning on Monday. So it was, you know, in, insane hours. You didn't really even have a forty eight. Hour weekend.
0: No. Mm-hmm. Showbiz.
2: <laughs> well, that was, that was and what 26 episodes a season? You yeah,
3: know? nobody does that anymore. Nobody does that anymore.
2: It's incredible. you know, you you do maybe 10, or I think what was suits was uh 10, yeah, 10 episodes for the final season. So
1: and don't you have eight or 10 days to make an episode on suits?
2: Yeah, you you would have exactly that much more
0: time. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Bill, thank you. That was a good one. Let's do from Leaf. What were you doing in your life when you got the call for Next Generation? I think we covered that a little bit, but if anybody has anything else they want to throw on in. I
2: was working, you know, I remember I was working on a a film, an indie film called Miracle Mile when I got the call to do Star Trek and and to, uh, to audition for Star Trek. And I, I was quite puzzled by the fact that they were going to redo, you know, do a remake, a reboot of this series. I mean, the original was so iconic, and and you know, everyone had seen it multiple times in syndication for for years. It had been running on television, and and quite honestly, I thought, oh, this doesn't. This is going to be not good, you know. This is yeah. this is for, you know, a syndicated television series first run into syndication, which i had never even heard of anything done that way. So I thought it's just, so I remember hiding my, my, my scenes in the set of Miracle Mile. I didn't want anyone to know I was auditioning for this. (laughs) And what did I know?
0: By the way, that's a very good movie.
2: Oh, wow. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah. It is a good one.
0: I think I had
1: been hired by, by Juni to be in North and South, and in this mini series called Nutcracker, I think was going on at the time. Star Trek was the first scripted oh, made exactly. directly for syndication.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. and uh, John, you were you were doing a play during the audition uh, phase. Yeah, I was first. in
1: Japan
3: actually. Oh wow! So I was in Japan, and I was told that I needed to be back at six o'clock on. Uh, on a Monday, and my last show was a mat- Sunday matinee. Ooh. I figured That's <laughs> it. it's not going to happen. And my wife uh said to me, uh, international dateline. So oh, uh, I, I, I got on a plane on Sunday at 6 o'clock in the afternoon in Tokyo and was back on Saturday night. What, uh, what show was it? Terra Nova.
0: Well, we uh, leave. Thank you for that. We have time for one more question from our room, so I'll ask you to roll out a good one. From number one Trek fan, does the Next Gen cast ever get together socially outside of conventions?
1: Whenever possible. As mm-hmm. soon as the COVID quarantine is lifted.
0: Yeah. Pizza.
2: Pizza at John's house.
1: Yeah, I was going to say the same yeah. thing.
2: <laughs> Pizza at, uh, I'm waiting, man. I just, I keep...
1: I know. I keep... Bye.
3: Bob, um, I, I, I Bob, Bob but, and I have been talking about when are we going to open up the uh, the pizza the pizza oven again?
1: And that's dessert you make that French
3: dessert. Oh,
2: the cannel uh,
3: cat Yeah, the canals. canals.
1: Yeah, mm.
3: yeah. As a matter of fact, the last time, oh, remember that was when Renee was there. Renee, yeah. was, Renee was the. I, after a while, I kept on saying to Renee. Renee, these are actually really bad for you. <laughs> they taste
2: so good, but popping them like donuts. Yeah, it's just
3: butter, eggs, cream. I
2: mean, <laughs> he uh, goes, I don't care. They're so good, <laughs> so good. I don't uh, care if my butt is as big as a house. I'm eating them.
0: GalaxyCon viewers, this has been my time with the cast of Star Trek: The Next Generation, gentlemen and lady. Any final words before we go?
1: May you all live long and prosper.
2: May you all stay healthy, take care, and vote in November.
3: Ah, vote in November. Absolutely. (laughs) Please,
2: please. Please. Help the planet. Help the planet.
3: Yeah. Uh This has been very nice. Thank you. Yeah, well Uh done, Patty. Good job. Thank you,
0: thank you very much. Thank you to the three of you so much. And as always, we look forward to the day where we can have you back live on our stages and in front of your fans. And we, yes, that would be a great day. Bye-bye, everyone. Take care. And please keep washing those hands. <laughs>